Hi, I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. And I'm Greg. And we are Outspoken. Welcome to your Sunday hot mess morning. It's come to my attention that um, some people didn't realize we were we were going to be changing our time zone today. Is everybody on the mics? Yes, now we are. Yeah, now we are. Yeah. Okay, the Yay. other thing that has come to our attention is that Jonathan hasn't been on the boards <laughs> for about four months. <laughs> and now Will is sitting by me. He's my co-pilot, and I'm, I'm on the boards for you. But anyways, welcome. It's mm-hmm. Outspoken. You have Sergey here, Jonathan here, and William here. Yes. Hello. We are truly putting the hot mess back in hot uh, hot mess Sunday. Yeah, here it's we decided back. that we were getting yeah. too professional. Jonathan's <laughs> like, I need to run the board this week. No, not messy <laughs> we enough. We need to fix our <laughs> image so people don't expect too much of us. Right? Uh, I felt like we were getting away from the hot mess part yeah. of our show. <laughs> it was still Sunday, but not <laughs> not as messy. The good thing to listen uh, that's coming for us is that in the next few minutes, we are actually mm-hmm. going to start our show with a guest this time. Uh, instead of having it at the end, it's a little part of our, as we transition to our new 12 to 2 time slot, um, <laughs> this was one of the interviews that was booked prior. So, mm-hmm. uh, Melissa Farrick, I'm very excited. I met Melissa Farrick, oh, in 2001. Um, I was able to introduce her for a big show that she had, and uh, she was nothing but gracious when I got to talk to her. And I'm excited now, how many years later? A lot of mm-hmm. years later, like mm-hmm. over a decade later, to talk to her again. And she'll remember, she'll hear my voice and she'll remember, and then I'll send she'll her She'll know your up. name. She'll hang yeah. up the phone, yeah. like, oh, you. I remember guy. you. Yeah. <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah. I never realized. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't mm-hmm. tell me. So we did, we've done a lot of research on it. So it's actually going to be within the next few minutes. So yeah. until that lovely time, has everybody had a, a good week, I guess? Yeah, it was relaxing. You know, I didn't have that much work. <laughs> So I just sat at home. Really? Just, yeah, I watched. That's I how watched. Jonathan's week was, too. It was really <laughs> relaxing for me. Yeah. It yeah. was the most yeah. relaxing week ever. I, there were, I <laughs> wasn't stressed at all. I was mm-hmm, very calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't lose any Very sleep. collected. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about why I'm stressed out a little later in the yeah. show yeah. when you'll hear Will screaming because I threw him out a window. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember the phone call where you're like, Sergey, I'm so calm. Talk to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Sergey was, that was his exciting moment. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Use your words. Mm-hmm. Use your words. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Are I'm you too relaxed? Is that a Not small... those words. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, take it down. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and this is the first time I've seen that we peak these boards like no tomorrow. So, anyways, later on, after we talk to Melissa Farrick, we are going to be talking mm-hmm. about our hot topics. So, think of it as the same show you're used to, but flipped. It's like a pancake. Right, right. So, until then, I do have to apologize. I uh, did an ag- have an injury that only I could have, which is... <laughs> That I burned the back of my throat so bad, I think there's third degree burns back there from eating pasta, which mm-hmm. is my eating punishment pasta. because I shouldn't eat pasta. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I did it, and it seriously, I feel like my tonsils have been removed. Did you did you make the pasta yourself? Because I did. Why did you heat it up so hot? Well, it was you. Bo- <laughs> you boil pasta. No, I get that. But okay. apparently, I was so excited to, cool to it. eat it. Yeah, th- th- this, you, is, this, this is this is my process. one question. Jonathan told me about this yeah. this morning, and I'm like. He's like, well, I had no choice. I had to swallow it because, you know, I, I couldn't spit it out. I'm like, why? Because yeah. <laughs> it's pasta. No, no, it was like my mouth was in shock. Mm-hmm. And um, it just all 
it all just kind of froze. I like didn't even know what to do. I just kind of stood there, which is the problem, which is why <laughs> mm-hmm. the back of my throat is. Right. I mean, I cannot explain to you the pain. Like talking this morning is killing me. So, you poor but thing. But don't you, you worry. Poor. Nothing has ever stopped me from talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't that right? Yeah, yeah. God forbid Jonathan <laughs> stops talking. Right? Uh, you know, this week we had Brenda in yeah, town. And right. Brenda said to me, she's the psychic we've had on a couple of mm-hmm. times. And she said to me, Jonathan, um, I feel like your people are you know because you have your guides your guides are telling me that you need to shut up yeah <laughs> i was like excuse me she's like they want to tell you stuff yeah. and help you but you don't shut up long enough for them to tell Jeff you well you can tell my guides that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you tell them i got a message for that speaking of which brenda was uh that was a delightful book read we went to wasn't that yeah. she was at auntie's mm-hmm. and she got she read from the book that we have inter- uh, we have interviewed her about mm-hmm. in the past. And what is and, it called, Jonathan? Let's see if you remember. Called, um, dra- it's called Dragons, Butterflies, and Buddha. That's right. There That's it is. Right. And uh, <laughs> she was so great. And the book is hilarious anyway. Mm-hmm. So she got mm-hmm. to do a reading from the book. She took questions from the audience. And actually, next time she comes on our show, she's going to do a call-in. So people can call in and have the psychic Brenda... Tell you know, yeah. give, Tell her, them give them advice. Who their soulmate is. Yeah, she might cut you if you ask yeah. her that question. As <laughs> yeah. we learned on the last she, show, we will hang up. Yeah, no, <laughs> you do not might, get a soulmate. <laughs> and she might cause problems in your relationship. Yeah. When she tells you, a nice young man will upset the apple cart of your relationship yeah. and wake an inner part of you that's been. Yes, a it was. It was very horrible. She's like, William, this is coming for. And yeah, okay. So first of all, all of the outspoken boys freeze. Yeah, <laughs> she's telling. Well, there's issues in his relationship. Some hottie's going to come and, and confuse him. And we're like, just don't make eye yep. contact. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I was upset at first, but then I realized she said hottie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but can I just say... Then what you realize she was talking about me and right. it was all fine. <laughs> Do you know what the worst part was? Hmm. Now, he wasn't there for the... Re- Will was, but not the significant other. So it could have been an easy... Right. But Will made yeah. sure to be able to tell him later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's so... Yeah. <laughs> that's where you need to uh, yeah. shut up, Will. I'm Your like, guides are telling you. <laughs> that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and other things. I, I just felt the need to let him know that somebody was going to... I feel like warning him. He needs okay. to know. Mm-hmm. You feel like warning warning him. See, what it was was Will is like, I just need you to understand you need to mind your P's and Q's. Yes. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> at any moment, a hottie is coming. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good warning. He'll have, he'll have it all prepared. Right. So, no, it was a fun that. evening, though. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. did... Do, there was this one moment where she's talking about someone in the audience is having health concerns, and they're worried about going to the doctor, mm-hmm. and I'm, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. All this stuff. And she's like, who is that? And no one says a word, because it was me, right. and I was <laughs> not raising right. my hand. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, actually, like, anybody that knew Jonathan was like, oh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did not have to raise your hand. No, we no. all looked. And I do Jonathan. have a doctor's appointment this week, so next well, week I'll let good. you know yeah. if her prediction was correct. <laughs> the guy that's like, I have a freckle. It must be cancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. now let's add to it. I my throat is you know burning out the back oh, of my head. Yeah. Now I've got that to talk to the doctor. <laughs> and my doctor already doesn't mm-hmm. like. He doesn't know what to do with me. Right, and right. I mean, no offense, well, <laughs> but he's not. He's not my favorite person. What you have to do is you have to change doctors until her prediction is correct. Just new doctor, new doctor. Actually, that's a brilliant, brilliant idea on Sergey's part. So I'll give you my update on my health health concerns. Keep us posted. And today we have a helpful... 
person that we want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to. Uh, <laughs> yes, we have, and he's behind a window. It's yep. for his safety. Yep. <laughs> um, Kurt, Kurt is in the studio. We've talked about Kurt many mm-hmm. times. Uh, one of our, our good friends over at Proud Times. Well, he is uh, playing our producer today. Uh-huh. So he's taking care of the phone call for us. He's watching our social media. So don't forget that if you want to ask us something... Um, during the show, or you have a comment you want to make, Kurt is on the phone. He's also, you can email Facebook, um, and you can tweet us, because mm-hmm. we have a Twitter now that has been, been active, yeah. uh, and he will make sure we get that information, and he's the one that's going to uh, get Melissa Farrakhan over when she when she calls in. Mm-hmm. Which is so we're excited soon. because I get confused at the boards, so I need all <laughs> oh. all the help I can get. Poor Jonathan, <laughs> right? Little but this is good, puppy. and yeah, sweetie, you're next. So I know. Be careful. This is my we'll week. See. Next week is Sergey's. So I don't know. Yeah. Very exciting. So any other things? We're trying to fill time here while we wait for Melissa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, so. I don't think anybody knew that you just gave the whole game away, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. No, people yeah. just assume <laughs> sometimes that we don't know what we're doing. Right, but now you're saying no, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. No, I say that we know exactly that yeah. we don't know we <laughs> know aware. everything about what we don't We're know aware. about mm-hmm. so lots of changes coming for outspoken in the very near future um already mm-hmm. exciting things have been happening for us a lot of good things right building that facebook building that mm-hmm. twitter it's mm-hmm. been you know planning we're going to be planning a, the the first public event for the outspoken boys mm-hmm, the first meeting and um kurt is getting us out in the public which is mm-hmm. scarier for the public so he's even see he's even doing that producer trick where you come in with notes Oh, so, I love that's that. That's what I love. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? It makes me <laughs> comes feel in. You're like, oh, is that for me? Right? Is that for? Oh, that's for I me. I feel so professional. But <laughs> of course, Will is hiding the note. Yeah. So he's like, and no. Yeah. Well, he just wanted to make sure we weren't forgetting to record the show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, see, this it's is like why good. he knows us. This good. is why you have producers. <laughs> yeah, it's like he knows yeah. us. Like when we have a really important show, and we're like, did we re- did we remember to record that interview? <laughs> okay, no. I have to no, say, it's always with those shows that we put so much time and effort into, and we're so looking forward mm-hmm. to that we're so concentrated on the show, we forget to. We record just it. completely yeah. forget. Yeah. It's happened every single time. And those are the best show. shows that we have, too. And sorry, you don't get to listen to them no, again. No, you don't. You, know. you yeah. should have been be okay, there. Okay. In all actuality, <laughs> you should have been listening when we were on the air. Exactly. <laughs> if you were a true fan, you right. would have turned your radio Because if you off. have work that day, no, mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. We don't believe. I'm sorry. We learned when we gave away tickets mm-hmm. to Lily Tomlin that uh, Donald is one of our hardcore fans. Yeah. He will sit in his truck and listen to our show. So that is what tickets, everybody definitely. needs to... Go to that level. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Sit in your truck and listen to us. I also have to say something I'm excited about. I love the, the fan interaction. And mm-hmm. so we post, we've been posting Melissa Farrick stuff all week. Mm-hmm. And um, she has something like 18 albums. I mean, the woman's been going. She had oh, yeah. her biggest hit, Drive, which is one of my favorite. And also it makes me feel funny in my tummy because yeah. it's naughty. Um, <laughs> great song. Well, I, we got a comment from someone saying, okay, I've been obsessively checking right. all of her music out since right. you posted these. And I cannot believe I didn't know who she was. She goes, yeah. I'm late to the yeah. game. But here we are, and I think that's exciting that mm-hmm. we can we can help that. I'm We're also hoping people discover artists that they love, right? That, that are love. amazing. And amazing. her new album, oh well, mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's her latest album. I should yeah. call it. The truth is, mm-hmm. um, is absolutely amazing. I've been listening to it. Right. You know, it's been called very raw. Um, it's been called the evolution of her music, and it, it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's a different style mm-hmm. than I've heard from her, but it's actually amazing. I loved, right. I loved the record. So right. I think our goal today. Is to convince Melissa because she mm-hmm. is not. I did not see any dates for the Northwest. She's all over the Eastern Seaboard because oh, yeah. that's where she lives. Um, to convince her to come and do a show at nine. 
I think so. I think right. so. That's cool. a great yeah. idea. Yeah. So and we're going to be one of our meetups. Maybe we so. can try to do Definitely a two for let's Melissa, Melissa Farrick and, and Eric uh, Hyman. Uh, yeah. Let's do those go. two. And yeah. we'll, let's start just dropping it in there. Yeah. So Melissa, I was noticing your first album, Nine. I really like this, the the ninth track. The ninth <laughs> track is great. And um, so I like we to listen to it at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do the ninth track on every album yes, at nine? Yeah, that would be great. And <laughs> your ninth album? <laughs> Just nine. She's like, they are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be right on track. So yes. she would be. Yeah. I love how, okay, I love nine. It's a great bar. I love how they spelled nine. Because it always y, makes me, whatever I see it, like, like neen. Neen. Yeah, and neen I understand right. why they did it. That that why is supposed to be like a, a martini, martini glass, glass yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. all I think about is, oh, that's just an yeah. yeah. Neen. Neen. <laughs> I heard someone say N Y N E, and I'm like, what is this? The Y M C A? No, no, it's nine. It doesn't have its own song. Yeah, yes. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Wait till Melissa plays there. And yeah. Then, to confuse well. people in Spokane, I really want to open another brawl called Card Eight. Yes. Right. <laughs> Can we go to nine at eight? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to go to eight at nine? Yeah. <laughs> what? Because already you just you just nailed what I always get confused with. Whenever there's an event at nine, yeah, the it, time and the name mm-hmm. always just All make me okay. Let's. That's be why honest. you have to do it at nine at nine, so yes. everyone just knows. Then you just yeah, mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty smart. Let's call they Kitty. Should, they should make like right. a special like Kitty every, and her every nine at nine. nine. Yep. Yeah. Something right? special happens. <gasps> nine at Let's nine. Let's call her and we get a cut of it because we thought of it. Well, Will did, but we're it was on our show. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> we basically predict things that happen, we do. Um, we do All have a psychic on our hotline, and yeah. she she's there for us. She loves us, so mm-hmm. it does help. She oh. has she has informed me I have a beautiful soul, <laughs> and he has not stopped to inform us. Oh about well, you. did you guys oh, see? Well. So Will and I went to Chinese, and I put mm-hmm. on my Facebook. We both had um, matching fortunes, matching fortunes, yeah. and his was about. A beautiful, a beautiful soul. soul. Yeah. 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 And mine was about <laughs> stop freaking out, have faith, stop being a, a weirdo. Not in all those words, but that's what it said to me. So yeah. No, that that was the actual wording of the fortune. See, when I saw the actually, post and it said beautiful soul on Will, I just imagined him digging through all the fortunes. Where is it? The one. The one. I know there's one of them. One of one exactly. of my first times ever at a at a uh-huh. uh, Chinese restaurant I got where there is a will, there is a way. Oh. Which yeah. is like the lamest. Fitting. Yeah. Can I also tell you? No, it's only it's lame so... when because okay, Jonathan had this friend named Dana. Uh-huh. <laughs> the very first thing, and he thought he was hilarious. Oh, he did. He came up to me. He's like, "Well, there's a will, there's a way." Of course, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he sounded like Goofy. It's true. <laughs> All of that really happened. Sure. Yeah. No, he would. Yeah, and he thought it was just the greatest thing in the world, and it was annoying. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Can I tell you my biggest pet peeve about fortunes at Chinese restaurants? Sure. Are the ones who apparently go to the discount fortune cookie company. Yeah. And they get those things that just tell you, you're, you have a nice smile. Yeah. That is not a fortune. That's a compliment. Right, right. That does Start not Start over. Yeah. Just stating a fact is not yeah. telling me what's coming in my future. Dogs are good. And you're like, okay, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and they always make me mad. Yeah. And that's the other crazy is, of course I overreact. Sure. Just, I am so angry right yeah. now. I will never the eat at this Chinese. is round. Sure, yeah. <laughs> One time I went to a Chinese restaurant and the fortune was in, in Chinese, so I, I didn't know what it said. I'm Seriously? sure it was a curse, I'm sure. Right? So <laughs> you went to a real Chinese. I went to real Chinese. See, mm-hmm. th- I think they do that probably to tell us people that can't speak Chinese, you know, bad things yeah. about us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, what if it says, you're going to die? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's in Chinese, so you don't know. Uh, I actually, it's going to happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. I actually think that we might mm-hmm. have Melissa calling in right now. 
Will, I think I'm going to send you over to help uh, Kurt. So Kurt's first day in the studio helping us do guests. Because yeah. actually, Kurt works hard behind the scenes for us. He he's does a always, lot of things. Yeah. He's helping us book these guests. Mm-hmm. So we thought mm-hmm. it would be nice if he's the voice yeah. that they get to. <laughs> but he hasn't been in here before. So mm-hmm. Will has been trying to teach him. It's training day for everyone. It is. Oh. And what's even better is once we survive transferring her from the sound room to yeah. the studio, then I have to you figure have to out how my part works. Mm-hmm. So, Melissa, thank you for trying. And <laughs> every we'll future just, guest, thank you, yes. thank you. We'll just read your Wikipedia page yeah. because we don't know, don't know what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna play some Melissa Farrick in the next two hours. Uh, we're gonna talk to her first. We're gonna play mm-hmm. some off of her new album or her latest album, The Truth Is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also gonna play Drive, which, which is her biggest hit. Yeah, which a lot and of people are gonna when remember. When was that? Ninety three. Ninety three. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask her. There's a story behind Drive, right? And I'm gonna ask her. Perfect. To talk about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we're actually going to bring her on. Sergey's going to give us some segue and keep talking. I'm going to keep so talking. fill the air. Not Se- you. Sergey. Okay. Because yeah. I'm going to go try to yeah. figure out how to get her over to the <laughs> Oh, boy. No, you're not leaving me alone. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Will, you um, I know. Will, will will come over and help you. Yeah. You're in your, your gay pink and white. So you're, you're channeling you. the power. Thank you. Yeah, someone saw me and said, are you gay, Waldo? And I said, yes. Because <gasps> it's pink perfect. and white You stripes. are gay, Waldo. Yeah. I have to be gay, Waldo. Um, so Melissa Farrick, uh is uh, a pretty well-known uh, lesbian um, artist who does some uh, good rock folk. Uh, and she's been active since 91. She has uh, some 18 albums out. And her most recent one uh, in 2013. And uh, she's, she's a very good... Uh, you know, activist. She's pretty open about it. And so here we are. Uh, she's about to come on the air any moment now. William? Melissa, you're live on the air. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Welcome to the show. This is Outspoken. We've been so excited. We've been talking a lot of amazing things about you right now. So. Oh, good. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Definitely. I know yeah. we got it. It was a little confusing during during the time zones. Because mm-hmm. you're over there on well, the East Coast. It, yeah, I mean, it's totally my fault. I just, like, I went backwards instead of forwards, <laughs> I, I, which I do sometimes. So. Well, you know, we like to call... In life us, and in time zones. Right? Okay. <laughs> we call ourselves the hot mess for your Sunday morning, and so we always mess it up. So, hey, you're right in line with us. Mm-hmm. So You fit right in. I was like, oh, that means I have to get up at 12.15. That means I have to get up at 8 because sure. I'm on at 9.15. And I was like, why is this guy texting me yeah. telling me this in six hours? Right? I was like, I've been up eight <laughs> <laughs> and then i called him and i was like i'm very confused yeah. <laughs> and then i was this... like oh wait a minute i'm really sorry it was me <laughs> <laughs> well and you know we appreciate it we know you are mm-hmm. you are one of the busiest uh um performers i think i've ever seen out there your work ethic uh is insane i know it even almost killed you at one time mm-hmm. so <laughs> ah well that's a strong yeah i mean i got very you know though you're right i did i got really sick for i had to take time off i mean i think it's like, well, I would hear stories about, like, you know, Mariah Carey having, like, a, you know, like, a, a, she's in the hospital for exhaustion. Right. And I was always mm-hmm. kind of like, that is so lame. Like, that's not true. <laughs> there has to be, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're hiding something or whatever. <laughs> right, right. And then when that happened to me, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. not lying. Like, it's kind of like, take the cell phones away. Right. No more computer. Nobody mm-hmm. talking. No guitar. No nothing. Well, and, and for stop, for someone you, you know? had like been traveling for like you've been touring for like seven years and not even getting a day that had to have been a very hard lesson right. to learn. 
Yeah, that's what happened. And I'm not Mariah Carey, so I don't have four tour buses. And I was driving. <laughs> right. I was I think I was averaging 80,000 miles a year at that oh, point. Wow. And, you know, I, I'm independent, so I was paying for it all as well mm-hmm. and living mm-hmm. off, you know, t- the trust of my fans that they would show right. up, which they did. But, um, but it was just a very, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. I had a great time. I right. wish I had learned how to take care of my body and my uh, my my brain a little better in the process but um but I'm mm-hmm. much better at that now that was mm-hmm. a, that was a while ago now that was like yeah. 2007 I think yeah I think that's what I saw yeah. in the in the things and what's great about that is I mean you have been we talk about staying power with artists um you have been around still you don't stop mm-hmm. you keep going you have what is it like 18 albums now that you've done yeah something yeah i people it is true i shouldn't shy away from that i think it is 18 records but i i always kind of get nervous when well first of all it's hard for me to be complimented in general mm-hmm. i'm getting much better at that but i so there are a few of them that are live albums and i tend yeah. to not count live albums because it's right. not new material so i feel like it's 12 albums of original <laughs> material 12 or 13 i don't really know and then mm-hmm. like you know three or four live records and an ep or something sure. I, I don't really but even that's crazy to have even 12 or 13 original. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you that the truth is, is one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. It's amazing. I, yeah. I really oh, yeah. like the last couple records. I feel like there's been a real transition. Mm-hmm. since. Well, the first one that I really felt the difference on was in the eyes of strangers. And that came out in 2006. That's the mm-hmm. record that was made right before I hit the wall and had to like stop. Right. I didn't completely stop touring, but I just changed my yeah, schedule sure, dramatically. Sure. So I think it felt like a real, for some of my fans, it felt like I disappeared, but I didn't. I just wasn't doing 250 shows a year. I was right. doing 100. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. So, Take um, a break. But that was in 2006. And then after that came Goodbye Youth, which uh-huh. was a solo album I made. And I'm really proud of the songs on that record. Yeah. And then Still Right Here, which was, and then Now the Truth Is. And I think that those four mm-hmm. records show a real um, growth in, in songwriting and, and texture and production. So. Sure. Uh, how how do you feel that um, you know that progress? Like, why do you think they changed so much and evolved? You know, like your uh, musical style and whatnot. Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. You guys ask good questions. Um, <laughs> We've been ready. I for I, you. I, I, yeah. I think <laughs> because I, my first record was made when I was so young. Like the Morrissey mm-hmm. tour happened when I was twenty, mm-hmm, and I sure. really had only been playing you know, for lack of a better term, like open mics for real. Like I mm-hmm. played a, a couple of my own small club gigs in Boston. Right. But I I really I was just very young. I mean I have students that are that age right now at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So um and then I got signed and made my first record when I was twenty two. So I didn't you know, I thank God I had a really good producer uh for Massive Blur and I just I I I really was just more interested in making it and like mm-hmm. being famous. Like, mm-hmm. you know, making a record that would break because mm-hmm. I was on a major label and that's what it was about. And it was the mid nineties and people bought records and people had hit songs, you know, and there was this, uh, there was this new, uh, radio format called triple a, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there was this market for someone like me. Um, so a lot of concentration was on that. Um, not only sure. with the people I worked with, but with me too. So mm-hmm. I didn't really think about, um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I didn't think about making good records. I did, but just at the capacity that I was able to at that age. And so I think, these these last four so I made in the eyes of strangers when I was 37 mm-hmm. so you know 37 to 43 and I'm in pretty much what a lot of people would consider I'm coming into the prime years of, of a mm-hmm. songwriter's life like like this is you know, with opera singers they don't you know they say an opera singer doesn't really even find her or his voice until they're in their 40s you know what I mean right, so sure. I think it's kind of 
interesting when we think mm. about records and we have so many young, young pop stars that right. haven't even really grown into their full voices or full selves yet, mm. you know? So, well, I, uh, okay. uh, sorry, I have a quick question for you, Melissa. Um, what do you think about the way that the music industry has changed with the rise of the internet and uh, the ability to hear so many different artists that we uh, you never really would have heard before back in the 90s, like you were talking about, when it was more produ- uh, heavily produced and the studios got to really decide who you heard? What do you think of how it's changed? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I, I see actually a lot of similarities. I, I think it's easier to just say, well, it's just different now. You know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, oh, kids these days are all entitled. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher now, too. So mm-hmm. and there's kind of this, well, they're the helicopter parent generation. I, I have fantastic students who aren't entitled. And I, I think. You know, when I when it was the eight, the late '80s or when REM broke, we had college radio. You know, which was mm-hmm. the way we found bands that major labels weren't, you know, backing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now we have all these indie bands, and we have Kickstarter and Pledge Music, and we have all sorts of other ways. They just look a little different. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not. It's just a different platform. I think essentially it's the same thing. We still have major labels who put out music that is going to, you know, going to make billions of dollars. Um, and it's a it's a small list of people that do it. And once every five or six years, they just they ha- they get a new artist and they break it, and then we never hear from them again. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it seems like it was it, we could look back and and find the same thing in the '80s and the '90s and in the 2000s. You know, so um, I mean, I don't know where the spin doctors are. You know what I mean? So right, I, right. <laughs> but but you know, there are just as there always have been. Uh, lifetime artists that emerge, mm-hmm. Beyonce. You know what I mean. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think that it's the same. I, you know, I, I don't know. We have, you know, I had U two, which was yeah. being played on college radio and REM and and the Smiths to an extent. You know, um, mm-hmm. and they're still around. You know, yeah. I mean, Morrissey's still touring, and U two still yeah. makes incredible records that are valid and fantastic. And they're and you know, it just seems like if we get microscopic about it. it I guess mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is I, I don't really like to look at it negatively because right. then I just get caught up in the the poor, poor me phase of the conversation, which <laughs> seems uh, really not all that interesting to me anymore. So, Well, and what's I, interesting I like is you have... to my students and figure out what they're doing, you know? <laughs> right. Now, mm-hmm. are you teaching at Berkeley? Is that what I read? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I've been teaching there for... Uh, this is year two. So it, it started wow. last spring, and this is the this wow. year. So as you look yeah. at these, you know, because I've seen interviews where you've said, you know, when you, uh, back in the day, there were like 15 major labels all mm-hmm. fighting. And now, you know, it's it's definitely come down to just a handful. Um, and then now right. we have people like William was saying that, uh, you know, you did a lot of self-produced albums and other people are able to get their music out that way. In your career, from the beginning to the end, as you're talking to your students, what would you give advice to these new up-and-coming singer-songwriters um, because I'm sure you said, you know, the fame was the biggest light in the beginning for you. I mean, and then you see reality, the reality of you tour, right. you know, constantly. What advice do you give these people to make it a long-term uh, career instead of a flash in the pan? Right. Um, well, the advice I give now is the same advice I would have given myself in 93 when I when I signed with Atlantic, which is if someone is offering you a major label deal, you should mm-hmm. get your own music attorney that is not affiliated with the label or with the manager that you're working with, and you should sign it. Um, and that's fantastic. It's very, very hard to get a major label deal. Um, 
and if you get it, you should take it and enjoy every mm-hmm. second of it. Um, and your record might break, and it probably won't, but it mm-hmm. might. Sure. Um, so take it for a ride, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Stay in the moment, um, it, you know, that kind of thing. And um, in the meantime, <laughs> you know, line yourself up by mm-hmm. playing live, because ultimately that really is the only thing that um, is going to be able to sustain you as a, quote-unquote, like a working-class uh, musician, working-class mm-hmm. rock star, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. blue-collar right. rock star, um, is being able to play live and draw tickets. Um, in major markets, and I think that that is becoming more and more regionalized, like it was back in the 80s, actually, which, not to bring up R.E.M. again, but <laughs> it's just a great example, that they, they were a great example of a regional um, band, or Oingo Boingo, you know, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. regionally extremely famous on the mm-hmm. West Coast. Uh, even back further, you go to the Beach Boys, and they were, you know, in the uh, Mamas and the Papas, they were, you know, really yeah. famous on the just the West Coast sound, you know, and, and then it spread. Mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm. it's amazing how you can go to certain parts of the United States and certain indie, they're only indie acts because they're not on a major label yeah. yet, um, you know, are, are selling 500 tickets in, in major markets within a 300-mile radius of their of their town, you know. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that that's really workable um, now for, for most artists, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being able to tour Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then work a part-time job Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then right. play shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, and you have to be willing to do that. The other thing that I say to them, which kind of makes their face drop, is, and so I want you to do this, and you have to make all of the decisions, and you have to do everything, do it for 10 years, and then take a look at mm-hmm. what are you doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in 10 years, if you're not making progress, you might want to think about doing something else. Sure. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> 10, they're like 10 years? I'm like, yeah, yeah do it for 10, you know, don't give up. Like, yeah, give yourself uh-huh. 10 years. So, they're, you know, they're 20, and then they're like, but I'll be 30, and they think right. that's so old, you know? <laughs> but, you know, in the meantime, they could get a side stage slot at Bonnaroo or play Guelph, right. or they could mm-hmm. get picked up by, you know, Florence and the Machine to open some dates, or Tegan, right. you yeah. never know what's yeah. going to happen well, to you, be- but if you're not doing it, yeah. then you have no uh, ability to know what is going to occur in your life that you can then that you can then participate in, you know? Yeah, sure. and I think it's great for them to have... I mean, you've been going for over two decades now. Um, yeah. And you can follow, if you listen to your albums from way back, I mean, even way back with Drive, and mm-hmm. and follow mm-hmm. your sound all the way till now, you can hear... I, I feel like you can hear the journey. You can hear right. the learning that has been going on. So they're really lucky to be mm-hmm. able... You know, someone's mm-hmm. going to tell them, well, listen, I've been there. Because you even stated in some past interviews that you felt... When Morrissey called and that came out of nowhere and you jumped on, you felt like there was this crazy time all of a sudden and you got you were spoiled mm-hmm. and then that was the hard part was then to come off that high. Yeah, because I really wasn't I think yeah, it was really hard because I wasn't even aware that that's what was going on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm only aware of that in hindsight. Whereas, you know, again, this is another thing that that I'm so appreciative of being really present in my life and also having some time on the planet, which is just like, it's another thing I say all the time too, which is be where your feet are, you know, Mm -hmm. be in the moment, you know, be conscious of what's happening to you. And, and I don't mean that I was, because I wasn't screwed up and, you know, drinking or doing drugs or anything on the Morrissey tour. I I wasn't, I was young and I was there, but I was just like, whatever, like, of course this is happening to me. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. Like, it was just like, and then I, I remember having a moment at Wembley where I was backstage at Wembley and Michael Stipe was there and Chrissy Hines was there and Morrissey and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. other, I mean, tons of other famous people. And, and I remember looking over at, at, 
at Morrissey and thinking, oh, that's the guy that was the lead singer of the band that I used to write on my jeans in high school. <laughs> like, like, I really didn't make the connection hmm. consciously until I got to England, which was probably two weeks into the tour. Wow. So I think that there was something looking out for me because I didn't come in all freaked out. You know, so right. like when mm-hmm. I met him, it wasn't like, oh, this girl isn't going to be able to handle this. You know, I just was very much, my, I was polite. Like you would be sure. at a wedding or you know, it was like meeting someone in a line. Like, mm-hmm. hi, nice mm-hmm. to meet you. Thanks for the show. Here's right. my cape. <laughs> That's it. But, you know, see you later. I, I wasn't like creeping around his dressing room or I, I don't, I don't do that anyway. So, right, sure. um, but some 20 year olds might've, you know, so I think that's why I got mm-hmm. the gig. And mm-hmm. I mean, he listened to my tape, but it's funny. You brought up the early record and I just, it makes me think again that the tape that I gave him that day was a three, was a three or four song demo on mm-hmm. a cassette. Mm-hmm. And it had a song on there called hello dad, which ended up on my first album, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the earliest songs I ever wrote. I wrote it when I was like 16 or 17 years old. Wow. And when I, when I put the truces out and decided to label it, the industry as an Americana record and mm-hmm. the record label um, Empress, who I, I'm, I'm actually not with anymore, but they, they, um, they you know, we, we decided to do that because I kind of felt like, why am I not labeled as an Americana artist? Like, it's more rock and roll and it's based in, you know, blues and rock and roll, what I do. Right. And, and so let's just, I feel like I fit more in with, a, with Ryan Adams and Dawes mm-hmm. than I do with, uh, I don't know, say like, Joni Mitchell and right and you know you know what I mean like I I don't know who else to, right because maybe, people have uh, tried I, to I say you're full not Anais Mitchell mm-hmm. you know what I mean right, so, right. Um, who I love um and so we changed that and it has usually Americana music has some twinge of country to it yeah and um when I listened to Massive Blur I can hear that on that record mm-hmm. and I thought you know this this has been here all along I can hear it in every single record that. Yeah. That uh, that subtle um, country thing, not yeah, sure. not country, uh, not contemporary country, but more no, country, that, like yeah, yeah. country, yeah. The rocking raw part mm-hmm, of it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or the the sad, you know, Patsy Cline, the, like the deep, the the heartfelt, deep lyric mm-hmm. of the like lonely love, you know. I mean, that is if that isn't country, I don't know what <laughs> right. is. Right. Well, it's the. Yeah. I think that's you know um, who was it that said recently they called your your album. Um, the truth is, a very candid and emotionally raw album that shows how an artist such as Ferret can stay true to her voice and still evolve. The rawness is what I really connected to on your mm-hmm. album. And when I think about those old, you know, the Patsy Cline, it was such pure emotion. You know, this is really what I'm going through and I'm telling you. I mean, it's a very raw that you have always had in your songwriting. I mean, you've been just very honest, mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know, sometimes people ask you, you know, why would you be so to to thousands of people who don't even know you? You would be so open and raw when mm-hmm. you write your songs. Does that? E- I mean, I can't imagine. Does that even cross your mind that you are being so open? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't cross my mind because I'm not writing for anybody else right, when I'm sure. writing. So, um, and when I'm writing, I'm uh, really not even. Re- well, I am writing for me, I guess, but it is a very cathartic and. Uh, almost kind of, um, almost a kind of spiritual experience. I mean, I really, it happens very quickly, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I'm not really in the way much when it, when I write. And those are the songs you wait for. You know, those are the kind of um, special moments where songs just come out. I remember I posted a picture 
when I was writing this record of a, a new song that I had worked on, and I spread all the pieces of paper out all over my living room table, and I got so many quotes from fans because it was like eight pages worth of writing. <laughs> that then, then comes the songwriting. You know what I mean? Like, sure. yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. song is in there, you know. But I, I need to basically take an X-ray of it and, right, and, right, um, right, reassemble um, the structure. And and so mm-hmm. that's where I think um, writing, writing, having written a. a you know, I, I think I'm at like 180 or close mm-hmm. to 200 songs wow. now. Where, like, sure. after that repetition of being able to do that and teaching it and listening to other writers and studying, um, how's this going to go here? What's a different mm-hmm. way I can go? Uh, is this? In, am I just giving up on this line? Um, right. right. Is it okay that I'm giving up on this line? <laughs> like, <laughs> is the melody strong enough? Do I have a musical hook? Right. Uh, right. You know, especially from a production standpoint. Like, I, but I don't think about. Never does the thought. Is this too honest? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a, a new trick that's come into my uh, arsenal of tools lately is um, is point of view writing, which I never even knew how to do until mm. I started teaching at Berkeley. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sure I could have figured it out, but because I'm saturated in the curriculum, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a teacher there named Pat Patterson who who wrote most of all the curriculum in the songwriting department, and one of the things he he really preaches is that with every song you write, you should try it in every point of view and mm-hmm. see which point of view serves the song best. And I think that right. that's what I'm working on really hard right now, which is once I'm done with the eight pages of, <laughs> you know, spiritual experience or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like m- my Darby coming out of the wall and, right. you know, my little genius that lives in my <laughs> studio and comes out, you know, whatever, like the TED Talk talks about. And, <laughs> yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, what, after that happens, and then I put it together and I structure it, then it's like, yes, okay, well, this thing really did happen to me, you know what I mean? And <laughs> sure. so this is what I'm writing about. But does it serve the song? Right. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it really serving the song that it's in first-person directed breath? Or right. is it just making mm-hmm. the listener uncomfortable? Well, what right. would happen if I put this song in third person? What if I turned this into a story song and I gave these people in this song a name, right. and one of which mm-hmm. is not mine? Right. What if I made it a boy and a girl? What if yeah. I made it two guys? I'm, yeah. you, know, you know, all these, all these stuff, which make approaching your song and, and the feel of it and, mm-hmm. and the vibe of it really way more interesting. And, and that's what's exciting me right now is this whole new field of, of songwriting has kind of opened up. See, and I think that's amazing. And I have mm-hmm. to tell you, though, there is a sense of, you talked about, you know, do you make your listener uncomfortable? You know, where is your, you balance that. But I think at some point when i'll hear a song like i'm obsessed currently with your song um i don't want you to change Mm -hmm. and i think it's because there's a truth in that song in my like as when we listen to music we have there's a truth in that song in my life right now that it is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for me to hear and i think that's why i'm drawn to it so i think when you get some sense of uncomfortableness i think that's what speaks Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah the best compliment I ever heard from one of them from a fan was, the whole time I was at your, she was at a live show, she said, the whole time you played, all I wanted to do was leave and I couldn't. Wow. And I just thought, that's the greatest, that's exactly what I, that is exactly how I feel. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. that's how I feel. I want to huh. leave and I can't. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why I write. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I don't want to feel this stuff either. Like, sure. so if I write it, and when I'm singing and playing live, I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm freed of it, whatever it is, a little more, you right. know. And um, and as uncomfortable as it is, 
um, every time I do it, it gets a little easier. And then I you know, I play songs now that were so difficult to write, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and or more not necessarily difficult to write. I shouldn't say that, but the, the what was going on in my life, which you know felt like oh, this will be the hardest thing I'll ever go through. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't, sure. because I would go through something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. We yeah. all actually start smiling on stage, because yeah. it's like, wow, I can't believe <laughs> I was so upset about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, right. I, you know, whereas now I, I think back on those those times or those people particularly so sweetly, you know, um, right. mm-hmm. with with no, no resentment inside my body at all, just with absolute right. love, right. and then love that I got this song out of it, you know? Sure. So, so you're talking about some, um, some kind of nerve, mm-hmm. which is about an ex of mine right. in my life, and sure. she's a really yeah. good friend. And you, you know, I think like particularly songs on freedom, and um, and I'm sure I'll feel that way about the truth is, but I uh, about like pity song mm-hmm. and um, right. Everything you were, I can play and feel feel sweet about because I'm re- really proud of that music. Right. Um, I think mm-hmm. that that's a really beautiful. I think that a really. I would really love to hear someone else play, you know, produce that song. I, I, I want to, yeah, I'd love to find someone that could could pitch my songs to more established, particularly country artists, because right. I, I think with the right producer and and some and some co-writing, um, some of these songs could I could really hear a song by um, by other artists, right? And they can sure. dig deep with those. Sure. I mean, people even as big as Taylor Swift. I, I mean, which would be a miracle, but Oof. really outside of the money thing, like I just think. There are lyrics in here that are mm-hmm. that are relative to um, to a lot of people, and I think it's, it's just, you know I, the the field that I live in and the world that I live in. I I don't I don't reach an audience like that. So mm-hmm. you know the the opportunity to co-write and and meet other people from different walks of the industry um, has been really exciting in the, in the last couple of years. So that's sure. really fun too. Your career evolve. It's amazing to mm-hmm. watch because your career just evolve. It seems to naturally just evolve to different. Things that's what I like about people who grow. Like they mm-hmm. choose. I mean, I think we have a choice in life to grow or to not learn a thing, you know, and stick where you are. Yeah. And that's why I think it's fascinating to watch the arc so far. Um, is you can see that growth, and I think that's why your career just keeps evolving. So I honestly mm-hmm. don't think that's impossible. You know, that that could be another. Oh no! Level I mean, I'm not to. afraid of any. I mean, I'm yeah. really not afraid of anybody. Like I, I say that to my students sometimes. Like Sarah Broas is coming to play in right. Boston this week, and I have a student, and she was like. Now my friends think that Sarah Bareilles should sing this song. And I was like, well, why don't you call her manager? Right. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you should call her manager and say you have a song that you'd like to get Sarah to hear. Mm-hmm, and then right. you should get an email address and send them that MP3. Exactly. And she probably won't listen to it, but what if she did? Exactly, because like, she really won't if you never try. Right. Yeah. Right. And these kids, you know, I they're just, first of all, they never use the telephone because they just email and, like, mm-hmm. text each other every day. Right. Yep. So getting them to pick up a phone and have a conversation with another adult is, there's, I mean, it's, I'm, I have a huge smile on my face because it's, <laughs> it's the students that I love the most. You know what I mean? I yeah, just sure. push them and push them. And so it's really mm-hmm. fun to watch mm-hmm. them take chances, you know? Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Okay, so Melissa, I wanted to tell you, I saw you, oh, 2001, which is way too long ago. Um, I saw you, I actually got to speak to you, and I got to introduce you. You were way out here in the Northwest then. You are electric on that stage. I was mortified to, my boss tells me at the last minute, well, you need to go talk to Melissa backstage and so because you're going to introduce her. And I remember being yeah. mortified to go backstage and meet you. You were nothing but kind, nothing but just oh, the good. nicest mm-hmm. person. And then to watch you on stage that night was... Was it with Brian? 
Yes. My drummer? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because he I, signed his, it, t- his drumsticks for me. Spokane? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah, this is Spokane, and this w- but that was over in Wenatchee, which is like three hours uh, to the Oh, I remember. Lessons. That was that mm-hmm. Apple gig. The Apple yeah, yeah, yeah. I the remember. Apple, yes. Wasn't it with Xavier Rudd, the what didgeridoo was, player? What was that? Wasn't Xavier Rudd on tour with us, the didgeridoo oh, player guy? I think he was, yeah. Yeah, I just remember Australian. thinking... What is going on here? Yeah, and Brian actually <laughs> broke his drumsticks and signed them, and now I, I still have them. So That's so sweet. I'll tell him. That's yeah, so funny. Please do. It was the best. And to see you on stage, and I have to tell you, the be- the biggest compliment we've had is we've been promoting that you're going to come on the show um, all week, and we got a letter yesterday from a young lady who said, I, ever since you put up her music this week, I've been obsessed going through all of her oh, music. Good. She goes, and I can't believe I came late to this party. She goes, because... That's a good she, thing. I know exactly. people always apologize, and I'm like, listen, it's the best news ever when someone comes up to me at 43 and says, I've just discovered your music. And yes. I, I mean, it makes, that could means I'm making new fans still, which is what any artist wants. Exactly. You know? so that's a good thing. So that made us feel really yeah. good that, that that could be there. And just we as we wrap up here, we mm-hmm. do want to say, um, are you ever planning to come see us in the Northwest again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will. I just don't know when the heck I'm going to be able right? to do it. I, I, you know, the teaching job is, um, I know it as much as my fans are so happy mm-hmm. for me that um, yes. I have a retirement plan now. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I enjoy doing it. it. It definitely does interrupt my ability to tour for longer periods of time um, right. so as far as doing a, a northwest run i'll have to coordinate that with um a spring break at, right, at school, right which is in march which is a nice time to come out there yes it is um, or before our um fall semester which is at the mm. end of the summer which is a beautiful time of year so. nice yeah, well we'll tell you yeah. we already had a talk before you came on and we we already know where you need to come to in spokane <laughs> where you need to play we have it all set for oh, you yeah, where? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a great place downtown called nine mm-hmm. uh, n-y-n-e they it's a great venue and it is just perfect for music for musicians mm-hmm. to play uh there's a young man from tulsa eric uh hyman who comes a lot and they have music all the time oh, but I know him. yeah yes and i love eric i used to live in tulsa he's a great guy and the music you know it lends the place lends so well to mm-hmm. that great kind of raw music so yeah so we're over here dreaming that that melissa ferrick's going to be at nine just so you know all right <laughs> well i mean i have to you know i haven't played in spoke I don't think I've played Spokane since I played that Wenatchee show. Right, because, uh, right. But so if I do that, I can then I can make people in Seattle happy and then maybe right. finally get my butt up to Vancouver again. Cause I know Which is beautiful, too, so. yeah. And you can always say, yeah. you know, the, the outspoken boys here were pretty loud and noisy, and so we'll, we would definitely get the word out for you. <laughs> awesome, that's great. Yeah. Is there... <laughs> well, I'll make sure when I make a new CD this year to send it off to the station and stuff. You so. should. We were mm-hmm. actually wondering, because I love this CD, and I'm wondering, oh, when's the next one? Because if you right. look at your CD arc, you, you rarely take, you know, very long off between CDs. So mm-hmm. we're very, I know one has to be coming at some point. Yeah, I have an EP ready to go. I have enough material for an EP right now, and I'm relaunching my record label um, Uh um, because I I decided to um, part ways with Empress, so I'm relaunching the record label. I got a a partner in my my label, and we're relaunching a a whole new platform for fans to um, to interact um, with me online and stuff. And uh, so it's just that that is actually being built right now. Mm Mm-hmm. What is it, July? I'm in summer session in college right now. Right. So I have a, a summer semester that I teach, plus our high school five-week program at Berkeley starts 
tomorrow. So wow. it, July is always the busiest month. But I know we're going to get geared up. Um, so I, I try to get, I'll try to get something out before the holiday, just so that fans can have music. And right. I'm certainly mm-hmm. going to start re, you know releasing old demos. That's um, so awesome. Like you know the first uh, the first mix of Never Give Up when Tegan sent me the vocals oh. um, before we went into the studio and made it sound really clean. And I want to I want to kind of start opening up the. Uh, downloadability for for my fans to purchase old old tracks and songs that have never been released and stuff so that that kind of thing is going to start happening uh very very soon in the next couple months well we are very excited and we thank you so much for taking time Mm -hmm. out i know you have a lot going on today and so we appreciate that you took time to talk to us crazy boys over in in spokane (laughs) so we are your hot mess without you i wouldn't uh you know i wouldn't have that new fan so it's, it's Right? And we're going to get you a lot more. Mm -hmm. So you you just hold on. Well, thank you, Melissa. Uh, Big shout out to everybody over there. And I think I'm going to go back to school and go to Berkeley now. Just (laughs) because. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Come on. (laughs) So thank you. uh, We have a four-day songwriting program in the summer. That's really fun. Really? A bunch of people come to that. Yeah, it's just four days. And you get to just, even if you've never written a song before, you can come and hang out and take a class like three classes a day with all different professors from the college it's really fun oh that's amazing well i am thrilled that you have a retirement plan and i'm also thrilled that (laughs) that you still make you still make that music because it it does speak to all of us so thank you so much um we're gonna transfer you back to kurt there and uh we just appreciate it, outspoken, that you took time with us. So we'll be mm-hmm. thank, thank you, you very I hope much. To come play nine soon. Yeah, yes, thank you. exactly. Absolutely. Thank you. That was the Melissa, Melissa Farrick. Say it. I know mm-hmm. Melissa Farrick. As we're all trying to quickly figure out who's going to go answer the phone, so she's right. Not there. Right. So we're going to send Will over there. But that was, mm-hmm. and actually, I really very much enjoyed that uh, that, that interview. There's talking going on behind me. I can't mm-hmm. tell what's happening. Um, that was a really nice interview. That was. Yeah, she was. She was great. Wow. I love singer-songwriters who mm-hmm. are so in touch with their She's so method. passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Like she said, she, this oh, yeah. is, you know, 18 albums mm-hmm. later, 13 that were, right. were solo and with a new EP coming. And she's yeah. teaching now. Yeah. Um, and I love that she's teaching and she's learning all these new things. That's you know me. I'm, a, yeah. I'm addicted to people who yeah. continuously grow in their oh, yeah. life. And um, oh, yeah. so I'm just very excited. So in a second, we are going to take a quick break mm-hmm. and listen to one of Melissa's songs off of the album the truth is sure um i've got to get that up so this is just a shout out to everybody who's been texting my phone don't do it (laughs) stop (laughs) doing it because i have to play a song off of my phone now Mm -hmm. um but so what did you boys think while i get this ready i thought she was really good i really love i love hearing from the indie artists out there oh yeah such a unique uh unique Mm -hmm. take on the music scene and just uh the way that they, uh, the way that she described her music and where she's been, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the journey that she was taking on her mu- uh, through her music, I love that. Yeah, it was, it was so. I also love that it's it's easier. Mm-hmm. Like she would think about coming up here to Spokane, and you right. know, we're not the biggest venue in the oh, world, yeah. but yeah. Uh, for somebody that's out there and touring and building fan base, that's that's amazing. Yeah, especially after as long a career as she's had. Right. Oh yeah, over two decades, that's amazing. And I like that she sees her career. As she has grown the whole time, and yeah. now she has a yeah. lot of... Now that she's passing on to the younger generation of, of what you can do. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that I could have talked to her for another hour. I had so many questions. Sure. But yeah. we let her go. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to... We will have her our, back on our, our future uh, next time. Kurt Kibbs over with this message. She has a meeting soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has to go. Yeah. So go. stop talking to her. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Jonathan, you need to shut <laughs> up again. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because honestly, you could tell by talking to Melissa that she would have uh-huh. kept going. Right. Like it, she oh, yeah. would have just kept talking to us. But anyways, we do want to start the um, 
I want to play a song by mm-hmm. Melissa off of the album The Truth Is, which is the latest album. This is the song that I told her I was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to watch the video, there's a video for I Don't Want You to Change. Mm-hmm. And I love this video. It's very naked, basically, because mm-hmm. she yeah. takes off makeup and everything as she's singing well, the song. Well, she's changing. Yeah, she's changing. Yeah. And I love it. So now we are going to play I Don't Want You to Change. I, I stopped that abruptly. So yeah, welcome. I was going to say, that was a really smooth transition there, Jonathan. She hasn't, she's been doing it for two decades. She's not good at the ending yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Melissa Farrick. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to change. That's off her latest album, The Truth mm-hmm. Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a blast. She did have a meeting right after, and we took her way late. Um, so we thank Melissa Farrick for um, doing that right. for us. And it's, you know, that's different for us. We did that mm-hmm. first. Remember, you are are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. That's so, right. Welcome. So that was Melissa Ferrick. Mm-hmm. Check out her album. We should really make our official tagline the hot mess for Sunday. I think it for is. Your sure. hot mess. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Your hot mess Sunday. I, it is your, your hot, hot mess Because it's true. <gasps> yeah. And we should do pictures <gasps> with us eating like a fudgy Sunday, and it would be <gasps> the tagline a hot mess yeah. Sunday. Right. That would be awesome. <laughs> Wearing white so the chocolate's dripping. Like right. The white yeah. shirts. Um, but welcome back. So this is kind of a backwards show. We had our amazing guest who uh, people mm-hmm. start writing her and telling her you want to see her at nine. I love that she's teaching at Berkeley, but we still yeah. want her to fly out here. Yeah. She does fly on planes now. She didn't used to. Yeah. Um, so if you loved her, uh, you should write a letter to Kitty at uh, at nine. Yeah. Help us get on yes. board and help us. Uh, I'm sure Kitty would be. You know, <laughs> we haven't of, talked to her course. first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Surprise, Kitty! The out loud, out loud voice, the outspoken voice. Uh, <laughs> we told decided. us to get in touch with you. Yeah. <laughs> we decided that we were just going to do this. Sorry, which is how this going to work. <laughs> yeah. But again, please check out Melissa Farrick's album. You can go to our website, mm-hmm. um, or you can go to Facebook. We've been putting up stuff all week, mm-hmm. or you can go to melissafarrick.com. Um, worth doing it, yes. or our Twitter as well. Twitter, yes. Don't forget that. Tweet us. Remember, yeah. if you if you have a comment about our show, mm-hmm. you can hashtag Outspoken. That's right. Because we registered that. so We did. It's ours. It's ours. So please go to that. I think, boys, <laughs> uh, we are ready to go into the top topics. We are. Before we go into that, I do want to pray. We have mm-hmm. sponsors, of course, on our show. Um, the, out, the Loud and Proud Boys, the boys over at uh, Proud Times. Um, are one of our biggest fans. And, of course, they allow us to have Kurt here on a Sunday morning so <laughs> he can help us get this uh, hot mess in order. Mm-hmm. Loud and Proud has five tickets to give away for Against Me, which is going to be live at the Knitting Factory on August 12th. To enter, you go to Loud and Proud on Facebook. And you're gonna if you like Loud and Proud on Facebook, go to loudandproud.com.proudtimes.com to contact them, tell them why you want to go, um, and you could win tickets. She, they have those tickets mm-hmm. for you, um, waiting for you for Against Me at the Knitting Factory. Remember that the that it is brought to you by Proud Times Magazine and Outspoken. That's us, your source for all things out and proud. There are five pairs of tickets, I am told. So that's pretty good. So you have a group of friends, you each have a significant other, mm-hmm. or you found someone along the street. It can be a date. Or it if you be. just want to go, but you want to make sure that you have enough room around you to really feel comfortable, <laughs> right? just keep entering. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So five tickets to go away. Please like their page. Five loud pairs. And proud. So five ten tickets. Pairs. Ten tic- Thank you. Math. Sergey's mad math skills. I know. He's in college. That's yeah. what happens. Uh, so five pairs of tickets to give 
giveaway for Against Me for mm-hmm. August 12th at the Knitting Factory. Please enter. Mm-hmm. Uh, visit loudandproud.proudtimes.com. Tell them why you want to go or go like their Facebook page, Loud and Proud. So um, that's exciting. Let's get into some dirt, shall we? Some dirty dirt. Some dirty dirt. Yeah. Right? The and there's a lot to get into here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, what's our first one? I want to talk about something we yeah. talked about last week. Yep. We talked about should we so INDA is that big mm-hmm. employment act that's yep. going through it's past one house, needs to go through the other. Mm-hmm. Um but uh John Banner won't let it go through currently. We talked about how should we be there's been some questions about there's been too much gutting of this mm-hmm. of this going through Congress that there is such a wide swath of this religious liberties right. part of it yeah. that it really doesn't protect us like it should. We said, mm-hmm. you know, this is something the HRC, their lobbyists for us, the mm-hmm. human rights campaign, they're up there saying they're the ones that are backing this one. You know, they're, they're pushing still it. They've it. been yeah. pushing it since the mm-hmm. beginning, since it started. Well, now we asked, should we question? Because right. so much right. has been gutted since the Hobby Lobby uh, verdict. Mm-hmm. A lot's been going on. This has been gutted to be broader a religious liberty right. um, things, protections in Inda, well, then it comes out only a few days after we have asked this question. Mm-hmm. Huge gay rights organizations are Almost pulling their back in. Yeah, there are yeah. there are very few left that do oh, back yeah. it for the very same concerns that we had stated. Mm-hmm. I yep. didn't find it surprising because we had already said I'm I'm nervous. But what do you right. think it is? What do you feel? I mean, it's a lot like the stock market well, sometimes that people yeah. get scared because they yeah. heard a rumor and yeah. then it's all. I was. Well, I mean, the whole the whole act isn't very well thought through you know it's it gives us employment non-discrimination but at the same time i mean it allows for the whole the loophole of the religion side of it and that's i mean if you're gonna if someone's gonna uh, non-discriminate against us you know it's gonna be those people and you're just allowing them okay you're not changing what i I love basically what it says is you can't discriminate unless you discriminate exactly (laughs) and then you're completely allowed to discriminate as long as you say jesus told you to yeah exactly (laughs) right that's the thing I keep thinking if it's a non-discrimination bill, uh-huh. didn't you just make it a non-discrimination slash discrimination bill? Exactly. I mean, it seems it's like we've, we, it's null and void now, oh, yeah, yeah. and what good is it? Except now if it goes through, doesn't mm-hmm. it give them more protection than it, does. it gives I've, us? I figured out a way to get okay. that bill to completely stop dead in its tracks. What you do is you go find enough people to get an uh, amendment added onto yeah. the bill and <laughs> give it exactly what we want. Every right. church has to right. recognize right. and let at least one gay person marry in their church, <laughs> and suddenly that would be dead in the water. Uh, suddenly, yeah, no one's exactly. talking about that bill. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the craziest. Yeah. That's what, like, I was thinking it's like all these groups are pulling their support, but I'm like, ooh, that's going to make the the right want it even more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So suddenly, it could pass now because right. so many Republicans right. would jump on board. Right. We I, need to pretend like it's the it's the most amazing bill for mm-hmm. us ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they're never going to want it. It's yeah. going to make them paint our nails all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what's surprising to me is that HRC is still campaigning for it, and they are still so, so they 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 want it they wanted to pass, and I don't understand why. But I honestly, uh, me and Jonathan were talking yeah. about this the other day. I honestly think there's political reasons in the background oh, somewhere. I think what in the end they had to make political bargains in order to get support, mm-hmm. and so in order for them to maintain their political relationships, they probably sure. can't. And this is all speculation, obviously. Yeah, but. When you're playing politics like that, and it's what happens when you get a lobbyist group out there, Mm -hmm. it's great for us to have it, but at the same time, when you're lobbying the uh, political entities out there to get what you want, 
you have to play the game, and that game can get very muddy. And that's the thing that True. we don't see. We don't see what's behind the scenes, even though it's like I said, we need last week. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to understand and know the people that are, are fighting for you. I'm not saying I love the HRC. The HRC has done some amazing things. Sure. But here's the point. It's still a lobbyist organization. Yeah. yeah where money is involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a big deal for them to be able to push through legislation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though right now everybody's saying, listen, HRC, we we are not behind this. There's a ton of organizations saying, listen, you do not speak for us. So it is this weird, it's why I say just because someone has a stamp of HRC, it doesn't mean you blindly go, whatever they say. Mm -hmm. Because now we get to question it. I would like to put it out there, too. If anyone is a representative of HRC that happens to listen to our lovely program (laughs) and wants to come on and and, uh, talk about this with us and explain why Mm -hmm. they feel that uh, this should still pass, uh, we invite you on. Just contact us, and we will definitely have that discussion. I would love to know what they feel about Mm -hmm. everybody pulling their funding, everybody pulling their backing of this. Right. and why they believe they need to, like you said, Sergey, yeah. they're still pushing it forward. Why are you still pushing it forward? Because you mm-hmm, do, mm-hmm. you know, they are the ones that speak for us really loud, like GLAD oh, yeah. and all these organizations. Oh, yeah. So if you're speaking for us, I think maybe you need to speak to us right now mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people and, you know, grassroots is where it's at. Tell the LGBT community mm-hmm. what what is going on here. Why do you think right, it's still- exactly the only time I would probably say this is we we sort of owe John Boehner a thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because he has refused to put this on the house. He has refused mm-hmm. to bring it up. He says I'm not going to do it. And actually, that's a good thing right now. <laughs> like I just said, you don't say that. <laughs> now that he knows he's helping us, it'll suddenly tomorrow it's going to be on the it's going to be on the docket. They're going to talk about right, it first day. right. <laughs> I know. Sure. These are scary things, but <laughs> these are the things that we need to be, as we get closer, We right. William and I have said many times, as we make great strides, it's mm-hmm. going to get uglier. Yeah, right. Because it always does before it you finally does. make that final push. So mm-hmm. we need to be very aware sure. of the things that are going around that can affect us, mm-hmm. even if it seems benign mm-hmm. that's how you get this stuff through it, oh yeah congress and the house yeah. and in the end it's kind of a reminder to everyone out there that you need to really watch you know we we think okay hrc is a great program we need to support them mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. that was a couple years ago what are they doing now exactly. you have to constantly exactly. keep watching and just because somebody uh purports to be really standing up for your rights you have to pay attention to what they're mm-hmm. doing oh yeah and you have to before you send a check to anybody and before you put your backing behind anybody, you should really research and find out what their initiatives are, what they're looking before at. Before sure. you vote, please <clears throat> educate yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. We do more damage by voting without knowing. Oh yeah, and it's been my it's my biggest pet peeve every every I, time I a primary say, comes up, every time mm-hmm. a presidential election comes. I, up. I used to do that. Uh, like I'd go because <laughs> I'm a Democrat, and I'd go in there. I'm like, oh, Democrat, 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 right, <laughs> right. And then I realized that half of them are fighting against me, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Well. <laughs> I'm it's, glad I voted for you. Right. Yeah. It's dangerous to vote party lines. I was once uh-huh. called, last time I lived in Spokane, about 13 years ago, I was called by a newspaper to make a statement um, about right. a Republican representative from mm-hmm. the town I was from. He, It was when we didn't have gay marriage here, obviously. It was that long ago. Sure. But that issue was still being discussed. And I was at, because I was personal friends with him. Mm-hmm. And I was asked what I thought. And I said, this is what I think. I know him as a person, and Mm -hmm. he's a good man, Mm -hmm. and I know he accepts me. But what makes me sad and disappointed is he's voting party lines. He wasn't voting his conscience. Right. He was voting 
I'm a Republican and this is what my party says I need to do, so this is what I'm doing. That's the problem I have with not mm-hmm. being able to just be independent. Exactly. Because I just because I typically yeah. vote Democrat yeah. does not mean that every time I agree with that Democrat, uh, you know, who's in office or who is running for office, that does it does mean most of the time I'm probably closer, but I'm not going to be blind. Sure. Yeah, I mean... In all realistically, mm-hmm. like, you know, me voting for a Republican is probably a little far-fetched 90% of the time. But the option is out there. If there's a Republican sure. that, honestly, when it comes to a lot of things, I tend to be more conservative on the social issues. Mm-hmm. But I will never vote for somebody that's taken away my rights. Sure. That is exactly. just a flat-out exactly. non-deal starter for me at yeah. all. Right. Yeah. And so automatically that eliminates about 98% of Republicans <laughs> mm-hmm. from my ticket. Right. If that stopped being the case... The Democrats right. would have a harder time keeping me because there's a mm-hmm. lot of issues mm-hmm. that I tend to go a little bit right. more conservative on. Sure. And it's because you yeah. look at the issues, you look at them each uh, separately. Yeah. As a young voter, Sergey, uh-huh. you're uh, just turned 19. Yeah. Um, at 18, you're you're allowed to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about voting, has it ever crossed your mind that oh, it's voting is a serious thing? Well, definitely. Um, the last election, well, it was a it was the local. We we voted for city council, and which that was, I see. Yeah. I think local every election a, it matters. is important. It matters. Yes. It's it directs us more directly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it influences us more directly. Um, yeah, it directs us more directly. It directs us more directly. <laughs> please, please tell me what that means. Right. Um, no, I definitely uh, looked up and researched uh, every single candidate because I wanted to know what uh, they would bring to the table. And uh, even even things that don't concern me right now as, you know, educational board, mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, the future needs good education. And so why wouldn't I vote for that? I think it's a very serious matter. That isn't normal, I want to say, when you're young, when you're a young voter. But it's important. And what's important to uh-huh. remember, uh-huh. local elections affect your life even more directly. So much more. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you care? And actually, right. in the in a very uh, close future show, we're going to have councilman, city councilman John Snyder on. Mm-hmm. Um and those are some of the things I want to talk to him about. I want to talk oh, about yeah. what's going on in our city here. But I think that's important. I mm-hmm. always tell people, mm-hmm. I get it. There's 8,000 issues. I understand that. Pick your top 12 that affect you, that you, mm-hmm. your passion, but that you know need to be important to you. And start there. And you start your decision there and, right. and find right. out. And like Will said, one of the top ones for him is, are you taking rights away from me as a exactly. human being? Yeah. That's number one. That is what's important to mm-hmm. me as well. And that is mm-hmm. uh, one of the top things that I look at. And in the end, you know, like I said, there's there's so many issues you care about. You really have to look at what you, you have to kind of scale them. Sure. What yeah. is more important? What do I care about the most? And well, you yeah. have to say, okay. Prioritize. Yeah. Definitely. You have to decide which, which matter is a deal breaker, which matters mm-hmm. are something mm-hmm. that you can, okay, well, I can kind of live yeah. with this or Just like I can you see said, a middle ground. It's a non-starter yeah. for you. It's a deal breaker. <laughs> you, see, you see that there's no use for you to look further if you see that, <laughs> oh, they're going to go after taking away my rights. So yeah. I don't even need to look vote at Vote for right. me so right. you can never <laughs> vote again because my platform says that gays can't vote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm probably not going to vote for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're probably not going to say, well, okay, I see where he stands on this. Let's see what other things he has. Right. <laughs> not a good starting point. Speaking of legal things, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about what big thing happened in Washington State on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Tuesday. You can go buy your, your marijuana. That, that, that's that, right. The, the first. Cannibalist, the, the, the cannabis. Yeah, spell <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. Spell cannabis. That's yep. legal now. It I is mean, legal. and now they're, it's being sold. There was a line of 100 mm-hmm. people at a right. at a an organization in town at a, a <laughs> shop in town to buy it. Yeah, over on the we north side. We got a phone mm-hmm. call at work. One of my coworkers got a phone call from her mom, uh-huh. and she's like, 
what is wrong with it? It's 97 degrees outside, yep. and they're going to line up outside yep. to get pot? What do you even do right. with that? <laughs> okay, okay. And I'm like, oh. What I loved is... I was like, it is so shocking they don't have jobs. And I'm like, oh, they're buying pot. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is it that shocking that oh. they have nowhere else to be? Wow, and Will, don't you're you, very. <laughs> don't you think that this is part of the yeah. this is part of the move forward too? Is this the kind mentality, of school of thought? Yeah, the school of exactly. thought, which isn't. I'm sorry. Ha- I, it's been the school of thought perpetuated by pop culture and everything. Oh yeah, and you oh, know yeah. by certain people we've known. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense. But this is. A lot of people are up in arms. Right, up in arms. My own boss is has a lot of opinions about sure, this during the sure. week, and I just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> but something else happened because of this. A man in town who worked for a temp agency mm-hmm. uh, was fired for a day mm-hmm. <laughs> because he was the first one in Spokane to buy legal marijuana. Okay, and the news cameras were there. Mm-hmm. They saw him on the news. They texted him the next day, and you said you have twenty four hours to get a, a drug test sure and then what was the text back like a day later yeah. because he was fired and he right. told someone that he was fired oh, because right. of this i'm sorry right. we made a mistake yeah. <laughs> it was well, all just a big misunderstanding yeah. <laughs> and their big thing was we made a mistake and we do understand that pot is legal which yeah. really translates to well we forgot that pot was legal sure sure <laughs> but the thing is it's still legal for them to uh fire you because of federally exactly well federally and i mean the state still says that you can fire someone because they are intoxicated at work because the it's intoxicated is, but not because you buy it, it. Yes. ended up yeah. what, what saved him yes. uh, according to what the uh the mm-hmm. the reply was sure they thought he was working that day okay and which so, is so not true okay. they decided they to right. fire him right away because he was supposed to be working well and, <laughs> and, and i don't <laughs> believe for one second they thought he was working no. <laughs> i love uh, each other were talking to the card it's like <laughs> his response was like, "Oh no, I took the day off because it's a holiday. <laughs> it's a it's a special day for Washington." I'm like, yeah. "Right, you're a <laughs> special type of person, yeah. <laughs> right?" <laughs> and I I mm. I was horrible and judgy and thought, yeah. "I bet there's a million other reasons that you could fire him." So, <laughs> sure, <laughs> pretty sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> but the good point is he had a, an excellent point, which is, mm. yeah, if I'm drunk at work, I can get fired. Exactly. So exactly. if you're at work and mm-hmm. you're under the influence, I mean, there are already signs up along the highways that say if you are caught under yep. the influence of marijuana, you will get a DUI. Exactly. Um, it's the same thing. So yeah. it's not. Yeah, because yep. it's the same thing. It's a substance that's impairing yep. your, your thing. But we need to. I think what we're going to be running into now is everybody trying to figure out where the lines are. Where it, yeah. is it OK? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and as many states are understanding as well, federally. Mm-hmm. It's still a crime. So, exactly. I mean, California, oh, yeah. places are raided all the time by, you know, the drug force. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and yet it's legal. So it's this tug of war going sure. on federally and with the state. Honestly, yeah. they, they need to get that resolved. Yeah, they and do. I honestly think if mm-hmm. it ever gets mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court or if it ever goes up the chain of command, they're going to fine for states' rights. Right. Because right. this right. law and this the drug war itself and the idea that pot is as bad as mm-hmm. cocaine and all that is sure. ridiculous it is it really if, is. if i can smoke a cigarette completely legal what's the difference between smoking a cigarette and cannabis right i yeah. mean well for the dea to put m- so much emphasis to use millions of dollars mm-hmm. um 
on fighting the yeah. war against pot. Right. When right. those people, I'm sorry, they're they're not moving very fast. So <laughs> it's not a big war. I mean, they're not doing anything. Sure. And yet you can do violent crimes or uh-huh. are linked to heroin and cocaine. All the, that yeah. is what should be. But do you know marijuana in the DEA mm-hmm. uh, task force? They they have marijuana on the same playing yep. field yep. as as right. heroin. Right. They had a big okay. hearing about a year ago at on uh-huh. and we the Capitol so Hill about money. this. We waste Why so are much we money? wasting yeah. money on pot? Because pe- a lot of people consider it a gateway drug. Just yeah. like gay right. marriage was a gateway to bestiality. Yeah, right. So, so I mean, wait, you know, you're not, yeah, <laughs> William. Wait, you oh. have, you do have two cats. You, yeah. I mean, you guys are horrible. Those are my babies. They are. And that's well. what I'm saying. It's insulting when these exactly. people try to tell exactly. us, I'm going to marry my dog. Right. But like, yeah. Right. I, I, I had a pot of, uh, hit of, hit of, hit of marijuana. That means I'm going to go do some cocaine now. Right. <laughs> right. That, it's, no. like a, it's like well, a before dinner mix. Because here's sure. the thing. <laughs> marijuana is helping me relax. Cocaine's mm-hmm. gonna stress me out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I think they're just counterproductive. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, some people put out the argument that yeah, cigarettes don't alter your you know your state. Sure. Marijuana does have an effect on your actual brain. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, know, you kind of go chemistry. a little bit slower, yeah. stuff like that. Right. But so do all kinds of completely legal drugs you can buy at the all pharmacy. the time, all the time. Yeah. Yes, you can get any of those drugs, and they affect you in a multiple. How different many ways. people mm-hmm. look at uh, what's that famous actress Elizabeth Taylor? Mm-hmm. You, how many people abuse over the counter drugs, and it makes yeah. them like Whack. loopy and crazy? Oh, yeah. And yet that's okay. Then sure, you just you sure. just get the car accident. I mean, well, yeah. And the thing about uh, legalizing pot, I think the biggest, the two biggest thing is that it's going to put more money in our economy mm-hmm. instead of spending it on the drug war. Mm-hmm. And two, it's I think it's going to take the. Um, the class differences and really, you know, make it all one thing. Because, right. I mean, right now, especially racism, you know, um, if a person of color is uh, pot, smoking pot, you know, it's just it's just this huge thing. Um, but the same amount of people who are white do it and they nothing. You know, they're right. not going to get arrested. The, so society stigma oh, on these things and definitely. what they define is the type of person who's going to who do does. it. Yeah. I'm sorry. When my dad had cancer, I would have paid him to do because mm-hmm. it would have helped. But he oh, was yeah. so caught in the mindset yeah. of what's right and what's wrong. Right. I mean, we need to stop being look at how, how long ago was prohibition. Look at it's the same fights exactly. that don't really have exactly basis in reality you know, that were uh, happening to to tell people why you shouldn't drink alcohol. Oh yeah. I think oh yeah. I mean, it's time that we start being at least realistic and getting the facts, just like knowing how mm-hmm. to vote, getting the facts about marijuana before you're right. out there. Saying crazy, making crazy opinions and saying that it's truth. Mm -hmm. And plus, we need to think about the snack food makers out there. (laughs) Yeah. Because honestly, you know, people like Hostess, they had to file for bankruptcy. This is going to be a boon for all those people that make snacky food. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So really, this we have to do help. And here's the thing. So (laughs) we are bringing them jobs to the American (laughs) people. It has been brought up. People want to know, do we think it'll help the economy of Spokane? That Washington State says it's legal. One of the mm-hmm. things to mention is that there is no state regulation based on price. Right. So, and some people right. say there needs to be a regulation, there isn't. But do we think that it's going to help the economy? Mm-hmm. You know, the question they're trying to allude to is the same thing with when you make gambling um, legal in a certain area. Mm-hmm. Gambling is known to bring uh, crime rate right. with it. Right. So, what they want to know: where do your 
good outweigh the bad. That right, thing, right. I, obviously, it does help your economy that you can legally sell pot. Exactly, it does help your economy, and I think that is a ridiculous ar- argument. It's the same thing as uh, the gateway. Yeah. Saying that, yeah. oh, if people smoke pot, guess what? People are smoking pot. Oh, right. Yeah. They yeah. were smoking pot way before it was legalized. I'm, yeah. I, I know it's a shock oh, to most of the people I know. out there. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> but it's just, a, okay. I ta- We talked a couple weeks about mm-hmm. Spokane mm-hmm. was ranked number two in crime rate mm-hmm. compared to our population size. Yeah. Which is scary. So basically, capita, yeah. there's not mm-hmm. a lot worse that we can go. We were higher than yeah. Detroit. Yeah. So wait, legalizing wait, wait, pot, stop. I don't think it's going to go that no. way. <laughs> wait, I need you to re-say the statement because mm-hmm. it bears repeating Spokane. Yeah. Listen up. What? <laughs> we were higher on the list than Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. Which I have begged on past <laughs> shows that the government needs to have the army invade mm-hmm. so we can build schools and yeah. <laughs> like we did in Afghanistan. <laughs> we have a higher crime rate well, than Detroit. That's yeah. I'm it's sorry. It's crime rate per capita. Per capita. Per capita. Exactly. We should that should be welcome to Spokane, high rate higher <laughs> right. rate per capita than Detroit. Hi. We, we should just welcome. like celebrate it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I do not think <laughs> that Crime Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There is that new movie, The Purge. You know, right? Um, oh yeah. yeah. I do not think that marijuana is going to up our crime rate. No, by way. any means. No the way. only reason marijuana was in the crime rate was because it was considered illegal. Exactly. So if you had it, that well, was part of our crime yeah, rate. Yeah. Like you just mentioned a little while ago, prohibition. Right. They outlawed alcohol, right. and they, look at all the cartels that got started oh, yeah. because of it. Mm-hmm. All Definitely. they did was they sent something that was completely legal mm-hmm. into the uh, what the black market, and it created huge crime oh, yeah. rate. How do you think Al Capone got started? It was because there was prohibition. It gave them an end. We actually created a gigantic uh, crime wave with that. Mm -hmm. Lots of people died Mm -hmm. um, because of something that was harmless, but we felt we needed to control these people. Exactly. And I don't think that the next step is legalizing crack. That is not what we're saying. We're saying things... Everything is not black and white. You need to look at the grace exactly. and start being a human being and stop Be being stupid. educated. Yeah, and yeah. I think bringing uh, marijuana to the public eye is going to make it a lot more easier to be educated about it. You know, there's a lot of people who would have never done it just because it wasn't legal, and now right. that it is, they're going to go and realize, oh, well, this isn't this isn't. There something. is a this certain authority figure in my yeah. life, and I won't say who it is, who has a lot of opinions about marijuana, and I just want her to try it. Because sure. she needs to calm down. Sure. I'm just saying. Just yeah. I'm gonna make some brownies. <laughs> I'm just and I'm just say, gonna bring them. If Jonathan hands you anything to eat, don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but and actually, this is gonna bring us to. We're gonna take a break, a quick mm-hmm. break again, and this is gonna bring us to yet another subject. Speaking of crack, mm-hmm. um, where we're gonna talk about Canada. And um, the great cracked out politicians that are oh, up yeah. there. So Rob um, Ford. Yes. Yeah, yeah Rob guy. Ford himself. Mm-hmm. So in just a second, say, I'm going to take this. Do a lot of Canadian smoke crack? Yeah. <laughs> he is saying. No, I'm saying he's yeah. notorious. Well, Canada is obviously <laughs> synonymous with crack. According to Jonathan. No, but Schell. Rob Ford <laughs> is. Yeah, Rob Ford is a exactly. very well-known politician exactly. up there. But before we do that, we are going to take another break. I do want to remind you that the first hour, we did get to talk to Melissa Farrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, her latest mm-hmm. album is The Truth Is. And she worked with Paula Cole as well on this album with, on a song called Wreck Me. And we are, and yet, that's not the Miley Cyrus version. It's, it's the better yeah. version. <laughs> so we are actually going to uh, take a quick break and listen to that. So here is Melissa Farrick with Wreck mm-hmm. Me featuring Paula Cole. 
That was Melissa Farrick with wow. Wreck that, Me featuring Paula Cole. That mm-hmm. actually was a really good smooth transition. I liked it. It, it was deserves a, good a round of applause. Th- thank you, thank you. <laughs> I just want to say I learn quickly. Mm. So welcome back to the show. You are listening to KYRS Medical <laughs> he also Lake. Forgets quickly. Yeah, that's true. I love how he gets mad anytime I interrupt him yeah. doing the station ID. <laughs> oh, he's I'm, doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so remember, you are listening to Outspoken on KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. We FM. are your hot mess for your Sunday morning. Hot mess for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little I'm late. I'm sorry, are you trying to fill in for Greg? <laughs> is that what's going on here since Greg is not here? <clears throat> Mm. So that was fun. Okay, so mm-hmm. we've actually, so, this has been a really fun show. We had a great interview yes. with Melissa Farrick, and we've gotten into amazing. some topics. Mm-hmm. Yep. This next one, I mean, we we <laughs> did transition from, you know, drugs. Gate, it's a gateway to crack, right. and we do have a crack story. Yeah. And so now we're on crack, which brings us to Rob Ford. Rob Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Notorious. Yeah. Mayor of Toronto. Um, so there's a study that they're doing, and it's just, it's just a study to see if they can... Uh, support a lot of lgbt homeless youth in uh their homeless centers which we've learned 40 percent of homeless youth are lgbt exactly and so it's a big issue and this wouldn't even take any more money it would just make it would just the funding that they have it would just be a study and rob ford said i don't care about this issue i'm not going to say anything and he actually refused to refuse to vote on an issue which is saying no which is saying no it doesn't cost money to do and all they're doing is seeing should we allocate 12 beds in our homeless center right for LGBT youth, mm-hmm. um, there's cost no money to do the study, and None. Rob Ford's like, I'm busy smoking right. crack. Well, I mean, <laughs> Toronto had, uh, you know, the World Pride, the World Pride Day yeah. uh, last month, and he went and uh, during the standing ovation, he sat he and he tried to, to get the Pride flag out of City Council, but yeah, it was up because yeah. on Pride Day we put it up exactly. in these prominent locations. He tried to get it taken down. This but is also the man notoriously like six months ago yeah where that video was leaked yeah and he was dancing around parliament they were trying to or whatever they call it up there they um they were trying to do voting and he was high yeah right so he was a crazy man someone got it all on video and put it on youtube and so <laughs> and and he's been known mm-hmm. to have issues with crack cocaine mm-hmm. and so he, i don't understand why he's still in office I, he's taking a moral stance right Jonathan. oh yeah i mean it's one thing for you know hookers and crack cocaine <laughs> and alcoholism but he has to draw the line at homeless gay youth yeah, okay definitely i right. mean how dare you want him <laughs> to help those people there are standards <laughs> standards yeah well so like <laughs> yeah, at least some Christians try to mm-hmm, pretend like, you mm-hmm. know, it's a moral reason why that he has no, no moral compass no at all. So maybe sure. he shouldn't be, you know, making these And things. for a city like Toronto who clearly is so supportive and everyone everyone wants, you know, wants and gay it's people such to an exist, but he city. doesn't. It's, yeah. You know, it's not the polar bear area no, of Canada no. cuz Canada just goes on forever. Oh, yeah. It's an actually <laughs> very active city as exactly. a very vibrant gay community. Yeah. And he's their representative. How did they vote him into office? Well, how did they not Was vote him out of vote? Off, right? How did they, they not, not vote research? him? Do they not impeach people up in Canada? I, I don't think so. Okay, Kurt, it's we need life. to get Canadian people on the show because we don't understand how politics <laughs> work in Canada. <laughs> we want to know how us Americans could kick out their politics. <laughs> Something that clearly their doesn't politicians affect us. did not make me happy. So we want you to get rid of them. I mean, isn't that the American way? Yeah. Your country doesn't really look like. Like what I want it to yeah. look like, we're going to invade. <laughs> it's like we'll sound like the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jonathan uh, 
decided that we were going to use a kanji, a Japanese kanji symbol. Yes. And it didn't end up meaning what we thought it should. <laughs> no, it didn't. So we just decided that they should just change the yeah. meaning. We were going to write <laughs> the Prime Minister of Japan and tell him that he needed to change the definition of this letter. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're American, so you'll get right on this. Because, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. you know, we just hold everything yeah. here. Yes. Everything we do is right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think Rob Fart, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob Fart, <laughs> that should be his name. However, it is not. <laughs> it is Rob Ford. Wow. <laughs> I thought you had a problem with I names, but not this bad. I can't oh, even boy. speak. Rob Ford is. I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of him. No. <laughs> we haven't heard the last of Rob Ford. Um, so everybody keep your eye on Canada because mm-hmm. they are represented by a crackhead. So yep. that's really exciting. <laughs> but something that brings, you know, we're talking about substance abuse in mm-hmm. such a respectable way. Yeah. Um, uh, there was an op-ed piece that came out in The Advocate that has mm-hmm. caused, t- seems to ruffle, have ruffled a few feathers. It's mm-hmm. a man in his 30s. He's a gay man. And he talks about how he chose to take 30 days off of drinking. And what he learned mm. was it, his social life took a big hit. He right. believes that in the LGBT community, we have come to rely on alcohol and drugs as a crutch. So much so that it doesn't go beyond what the normal span mm. of a, a person's life is, which, you know, you if you're going to do that, it's going to be in your 20s and your 30s. You know, there's this normal mm. kind of how people tend to, to go. Right. Um, but in the gay community, studies have shown that we are, uh, what is it, five times more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. well into our middle age and older years. Right, and, right. you know, and he, so he's been curious. He's always been that guy that goes out drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he takes his 30 days off. He sees the hit it takes on his social life that people are, don't want to hang out with him because it's not for the drinking and right, they're not out there right. having fun. And he notices two things, that he's beginning to believe that this is true, Mm -hmm. that as uh, the LGBT community, we tend to focus too heavily on that. And he believes it arrests our growth. Mm -hmm. It's arrested development. And he finds that in those 30 days, he got so much more done. And uh, he was focused (laughs) and on his goals but that mm-hmm. he was less supported by right. his friends. Well, and the article brings up an interesting thing that I, I, I really liked. Um, you know, alcohol and bars have been such a big part of our history and just, you know, coming out. And that's a, part a big to part. celebrate. Yeah, and it's amazing. But you sh- I think a really big distinction that they made is that you shouldn't be stuck on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something, okay, that's fine. You do it in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you get out there. That's how you get comfortable with yourself. But then move on. Do yeah. not be stuck in there. Why are you not growing exactly. beyond? On that, Will and I have this when we we talk about the gay community. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that I think both of us agree on is that we a lot of us choose not to evolve right. past a certain way. Right. There was a time when that was important. Stonewall would not have happened right. had it not been in a bar. It was mm-hmm. the only place mm-hmm. we could meet as yeah. individuals and to socialize exactly. because in those days that was a need. Guess what? That's not the same need that mm-hmm. it was back in those days, but we chose not to evolve past and that. Need. Sure. I think it really shows you that we need more. And we've talked about this before privately. And I think I've mentioned it on the air. Mm-hmm. The gay community need more needs, more opportunities to get together, whether it's not about yes. drinking, it's Agreed. not about Agreed. a bar. Yeah. It's about, uh, I know there's a lot of different uh, activities mm-hmm. around here. There's that, a bear group that goes out and goes hiking sometimes yeah. and uh, all kinds of different I stuff. And, and those are very important for the gay community. Exactly. It's important to, to show that we actually can get together and have mm-hmm. a good time mm-hmm. without always being well, 
Because what happens is, you know, when people come out, young young teens or young adults come out, where they go is the one place they're comfortable, the bar. And right. then they meet the people who are arrested, developed there. And right. they will, you know, they'll they'll prey on them. And then it's it's a cycle. That's yeah. the only way they can go. And that's the only way we allow right. us to And I'm grow. not saying that mm-hmm. there isn't a, I mean, I'm not, I don't abstain from alcohol all the time. I'm not saying right. there isn't a place, but th- what he's saying and what I exactly. think we're all saying is it, when that becomes your only way to socialize, when someone mm-hmm. comes to you and says, I'm worried you're not relaxing because you're not relaxing the way I want you to, yeah. which for me is alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. That's a problem if mm-hmm. that as mm-hmm. a gay community is how we react socially. Now, the thing about this is a lot of people in the LGBT community take offense to this. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. This isn't a judgment on all of us. I'm saying mm-hmm. we do have to be able to look at ourselves and say, right. okay, how are, how are we growing? Okay, so Will's judging <laughs> you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a judgment. I'm judging. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, what it really reminded mm-hmm. me of, and some of the things that he was talking about, about some of the terms, there's actually terms that people have for, yeah. oh, those gay guys that... Program uh, gays? Are, yeah, the program yeah. gays yeah. that are trying to get rid of their alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it reminded me a lot of the movie w- we watched a couple uh, weeks ago, The Normal Heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy who sure. wrote that and how, at, at that time, what he was coming out for was, you know, uh, moving beyond the sex aspect yes. of it. Mm-hmm. Evolving. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this guy basically tried to do something similar. And he was trying to make the gay community aware that this is an issue that's happening. And he gets laughed at. He gets, right. you know, well, not they only don't laughed take him at, seriously. He gets people who are very angry mm-hmm. at him. He's mm-hmm. trying to help the gay community and they lash out at him. And in the end, they shun him out of his own group. Yeah. And it's like, why... <laughs> Does the gay community think that we are perfect? Yeah, like right. we don't yeah. have any issues. So how dare you say that anything mm-hmm. could be wrong with well, us? Get, right. Yeah. Right. Just, just like so stuck on we, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like we are the most loving and accepting people Dumb. ever, and we accept everyone of every nationality yeah. and and sexuality, <laughs> unless you're this, this, and right. this, or unless you're fat. Right. I was going to say, and then they fit. say, no fats, no femmes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, oh, I'm, we're so open and loving. It's like back to the loving place. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't have. I mean, I, everybody has issues with the community that they're in. I don't mm-hmm. have huge issues with with the LGBT community. I'm proud to be a gay man. I'm proud right. to be right. a part of our community. But I do. My life is all about figuring out mm-hmm. where I can be a better human being. Mm-hmm. And I do think we have allowed ourselves to stay children. We've yeah, allowed ourselves yeah. to stay toddlers because it's scary to go beyond that. And we finally got to the point, you know, we talk about the normal heart. We talked about how a lot of them were mad because mm-hmm. they finally, gay people finally had their sexual revolution. You know, it was a decade later than mm-hmm. the rest of the country, but right. they finally had it. And then AIDS came along and threatened to take it away and they were mad. And mm-hmm. so we threw tantrums like two-year-olds instead of figuring out, okay, it's not say- we're not saying that we can't have sex. We're saying maybe we should be smart exactly. about having sex. Exactly. This is the same thing. It's choosing to be an adult and move forward mm-hmm. and realize mm-hmm. that this can't be the only thing. Right. You know, going right. to the bar for a drink is not a horrible thing. If you make it your crutch and that's all you have, mm-hmm. as so many mm-hmm. in the LGBT community have, this man is saying, I find this to be true and we need to grow past this. Definitely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, what is the alternative that these people are trying to do? They're trying to basically put their hands in their ears and cover their eyes and pretend, you know, oh, it doesn't exist if I can't see it. Exactly. It's It's what we accuse the Christian right of doing to us. 
yeah. and we're doing the same. If I if I close mm-hmm. my eyes, mm-hmm. they're not there. Right, <laughs> right. It's like a four year old playing hide so and seek. There are so many times yeah. I wish that would work. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> One of those times is right now. <laughs> just kidding. Well, yeah. vanish. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry oh, later. Because we're going to have a, another. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we have an announcement to say later. Now, everybody knows what it is, but we won't make it official for another few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this brings us into there are good things. Um, Will, you brought this to our attention. Mm-hmm. The Tacoma teacher who was fired in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he was gay, the vice principal went to his house. And said, are you gay point blank? And he said, yes, I am. And then he was fired. Right well, there. what happened? Well, the good thing about mm-hmm. this is it actually has a happy ending. You know, <laughs> what, 40 years after it happened, uh, I believe it's Tacoma. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tacoma School District is actually apolo- formally apologizing to the right, teacher. Right. Um, and trying to make amends for what they did. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's all you can do. You can't. It was a different time back then. Yeah. Yeah. And at least they're trying to make amends and they're trying to move forward and acknowledge, you know, that they made a mistake. Right. Yeah. It's well, a lot better than the people well, in the schools he, that are currently. He took it to the uh, Supreme Court of Washington. And in, seven, in the yeah, 70s. In the 70s. And, and they said no. Nope. Go. Nope. And I mean, you have to remember that in the 70s, who was in the Supreme Court at that time? They were born in the 20s. They were born in the 30s. You right. Know? Yeah. So, and they were, yeah, very conservative. They very were, conservative, they yeah. supported the school's decision to fire yeah. him. But how amazing is it? He has said, the man's name is James Gaylord, mm-hmm. and he has said that he doesn't regret it. Yeah. That I, he's I glad he took it because we couldn't have moved forward if right, no one had right. tried. Um, and he actually has no blame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he carries no animosity. But I will say, so Tacoma, the school yeah. district, what a beautiful thing. They choose to formally apologize yeah. to this man. But, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, no one does that yeah, without a reason. And I'm pretty sure it has to do with the story we broke back in January, which was the Seattle uh, teacher who part of the Catholic mm-hmm, school mm-hmm. who was let go because he married his partner. Right. And now he has a lawsuit against right. him. I'm thinking they're going, let's rub this in Seattle's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be the first to stand up and formally apologize for yeah. letting a gay man go. And then it's almost like they look at Seattle and go, your turn. Yeah, let's see exactly. What you do. <laughs> well, and it's also you know you never realize what you look like when you do certain things mm-hmm. until you see mm-hmm. somebody else do it to you, right? And then you suddenly realize, oh, that's that's what I look like. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. actually doing when I do that. Right, and that is that the the fastest way to make somebody wake up is to have them have the thing that they do to other people done to them, and you won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah. really think part of it is just they realized that that was something that they didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that to be a reflection of them. And honestly, it's like we see so many examples of not the best part of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this show, of course, we talk about issues a lot. So we, we talk about not the best examples. It is nice to see, for whatever reason they mm-hmm. chose to do it, to see this organization saying, I know it was 30 years ago, but I'm sorry. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, too many people, I've been fired for my sexuality back before mm-hmm. there were rights in Washington. Too many people have lost that. And that was, you know, I was in the 90s. So how many times did that happen since, you know, right. way, way back in the day? How many so, people are not going to apologize? Oh, yeah. yeah. So well, I think that's great. Well, just think about it, especially those of us in the community that mm-hmm. uh, are not as, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the traditional form of masculine as, you know, uh, our society says we should be. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how it was back in the day 
Mm-hmm. Because you would really, there wouldn't be a way for, I'm sorry, I, I can't hide it very well. Sure. Like, my mannerisms are my mannerisms. Yeah, I am yeah. somewhere in the spectrum of things. And I don't, how hard would it be to try to hide that, to try to right, cover that up right. all the time? Well, I right. mean, exhausting. In, in the article, it said that he could try to hide it uh, because he could have kept his job. But he said, he could you have know, lied. yeah, he could have lied. But he said, you know, um, the, the board is coming at me. I'm sure there's no reason for me to hide because they know already. So there's no point. And um, I don't think I don't think hiding is ever the answer. No. I don't think that that's going to do and much. Back ever. in the day when uh, he had obviously so much to lose. Yeah, um, exactly. What an amazing thing that he still chose to say. You're in my home. You're asking me this question. I always used to say, I would not. I will not let anybody put me in the closet mm-hmm. in my own house. Right. And you know, and that that's where he was. So I think that's. I think that's amazing. Brought a little tear to my eyes. Yeah. You know, as we begin to wind down in our last mm-hmm. uh, about 11 minutes of mm-hmm. the show, I will remind you that you are listening to Outspoken. We have started our new time slot. It is 12 to 2 mm-hmm. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We will not deny you your hot mess on a Sunday morning. We're just pushing it off. In case you had a hot mess last yes. night and yeah. you're, you're still recovering <laughs> this morning from it, we'll give you an extra mm-hmm. hour to right. turn that on. Or maybe you're driving home from church. You flip on the radio. You've already repented for everything. Perfect. You need to you know, get a little dirty. Yeah. So you just turn on Outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> you have back. to have a reason to go back yeah. to church next week. Right? Yeah, exactly. We're here to give you that. <laughs> right away. Lo- that we have said, as we've said, there's lots of changes coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg yeah. isn't on this show. He is on vacation, actually, next week. Right. And um, so he's not going to be on for a couple oh, weeks. And we California. have a, a big announcement. Lots mm-hmm. of changes on Outspoken. And um, William felt like he needed to be one of those changes. Yes. So mm-hmm. what is going on? Uh, what, what's happening? Yeah, what are you doing? Well, are you guys happening? kicking me off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. He's turned the tables on us. Right, of let course. Him speak. <laughs> no. um, I have decided, you know, uh, a lot of my fan out there, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like that he says a lot of my fan. One. <laughs> exactly. Singular. Yes. Uh, a lot of people out there know, I've mentioned it multiple times on this show, I am mm-hmm. going to school. And I am actually wrapping up. I'm getting ready to graduate. Now that I'm getting so close to graduation, uh, doing this show and trying to find a job and doing what I need to do to move forward in my career has just become really hard to do. Mm -hmm. And so I have decided that um, I need to uh, leave Outspoken, sadly. So my last day with Outspoken will be on the uh, 17th of August. 17th of August. It'll be a special show all about me. (laughs) I I told Jonathan. uh, I know what you're thinking. Isn't mm -hmm. that every show? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I told Jonathan he needs to sing like uh, Wind Beneath My Wings or something. Right, (laughs) Live on the air. We're actually reaching out to Bette Midler uh, so that she can just sing it live in the studio. Right. (laughs) Kurt's like we are. (laughs) Yeah, Kurt, where's Bette? You know, Will told mm-hmm. me this uh, earlier in the week. As Will said, <laughs> I've had a very relaxing week. So Will tells me this earlier in the week. Yeah. And I have to say, first of all, William has been such a gigantic part of this show. He's mm-hmm. also a very mm-hmm. big part of why I ever pitched the show. Will and I have been talking about Outspoken for 10 years. You know, we didn't have a name for it then, but it was a, we wanted to do a radio show. We wanted to talk about the issues. So um, it was a Bitter, I won't even say sweet. It was a bitter day when right. Will told me. But I understood. And what I love is that Will's going to be here. You know, we're transitioning out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I want to make clear to everyone is the decision to stop the show was never an, uh, an option. No. So the show still moves forward. Mm-hmm. What you learn after eight months is that the show becomes what it's supposed to become on its own. Yeah. So it's our job to either accept it and go for the ride mm-hmm. or to quit. And I don't quit. So we're not giving up the show. Uh, we will sorely miss William. And yes, mm-hmm. 
If you want to tune in and hear Jonathan cry live on the air, that's August 17th at <laughs> noon. So <laughs> as we do it. Okay. But, you know. And I, I, I want everyone that's part of the show to say at least one time before I'm gone that I have a beautiful soul. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, the I only- may never <laughs> say it. And we'll you have to admit that Do I was your favorite co-host. You you put <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's put too it much. In, like air quotes or something yeah. when we say we'll work it in a conversation. <laughs> so it was never us that said yeah. it. Is it okay if I quote Jonathan on saying it? <laughs> Jonathan said the other day. I think he was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and probably smoking pot yeah. since it's I, legal. Yeah. Exactly. No. Uh, but anyways, that's a that's one of our biggest announcements. Um, it's also nice that we let uh, Kurt out of his. We forced him in a dark closet, and we we only talked about him. He's actually in the studio now. Yeah. Um, who is a big reason that we have, we have been able to come as far as we mm-hmm. have. It was mm-hmm. like we talk about going to the next level, and there's always that next level. He was a big part of the next level that right. we came to, right. and um, we'll continue to be a part of that. And so he helps us get these great guests that we have on. Um, and so it's been nice to have him here. He got to to uh, help us get Melissa on the air, and so mm-hmm. so we actually will, you know, say his name yeah. on the air now. <laughs> but I do think that uh, I have an appropriate song for the ending of this show, and it's one that actually your loud mm-hmm. and proud boys um, they introduce us to new music all the time. We're going to be playing some music that they send us now and then. Um, they're giving away great CDs. I just have to say they're giving away. I have heard rumor they're going to be giving away Neil Patrick Harris's soundtrack to Hedvig, and it that almost made me quit the show so that yeah. I could be eligible. <laughs> so I, I actually seriously mm-hmm. thought about that, but uh, I would never do it. But we want to end. They they introduced me to an mm-hmm. amazing group mm-hmm. called Gossip, who I love. It's she. The main singer is this big girl, and she mm-hmm. is sexy as hell mm-hmm. um just this beautiful woman and she has this great song called or they have this great co- song called move in the right direction that as we move forward changes happen in life all the time you have right. a choice on how you react to it this is how i think outspoken wow. is going to react so to fitting this. jonathan isn't it though so i'll mm-hmm. sort of thank will for that but will's going to be continuing on the show until the yeah. 17th remember next week we talked to city councilman in Spokane, John Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be, he's a very nice man, and he, we're going to talk to him about the city yeah. and about his role on the Human Rights uh, Commission on Spokane City Council mm-hmm. and a lot of the decisions that they have helped mm-hmm. make. And um, also I want to talk to him about why do we keep paving Sprague 50 times yeah. a week? <laughs> Just going to uh, throw that in there. John, yeah. if you're listening, get ready for that one. I want to know because yeah. I'm sure you're the one <laughs> that made that decision. It. But for right now, we are going to listen to Gossip Move in the Right Direction. <laughs> we were dancing and having fun. Thank that you. That right? You that sound like welcome. a middle school girl. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was oh Gossip. Gosh. That was Gossip Move in the Right Direction. Remember, yeah. you are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Mm-hmm. This has been Outspoken, the first Outspoken. of our new time slot, 12 oh, yeah. to 2. We are still, obviously, your hot mess for a Sunday morning. That's right. Even though I'm on the boards, I didn't totally destroy the show. It wasn't no, too it wasn't messy. No, no, just a little messy. It was a little little schmutz. No, you're a little schmutz little on the schmutz. show. Yeah. Anyways, we just want to remind you, next week mm-hmm. we are going to have City Councilman John Snyder on the show. We're going to talk to him about some great things that he's done while on City Council and ask him some questions about our city. It's mm-hmm. time to get involved as we start talking about knowing who the people representing you are. So we're right. excited to have Councilman John Snyder on. Uh-huh. Also, please remember. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter. And if you want to talk about something, you know, if you want us to bring something out, hashtag outspoken, outspoken, not outspoken. No, that's, that's wrong. Outspoken. Um, outspoken. <laughs> and we will bring it up in our uh, Hot Mess uh, Sunday. Yeah. So, I um, mean, it's a great way to interact with us mm-hmm. if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, yeah. we're at at outspokesman. That's right. On nice. Twitter or Facebook.com slash outspokesman or mm-hmm. go to outspoken.proudtimes.com, which is our new website. And I just want to say thank you to all the people out there that listen to us every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sorely miss you when I'm no longer on the radio show. And if you want to send me a little note of love back, I'll appreciate it. Uh, we might even read them on the air. <laughs> but remember to join us next week, 12 o'clock at the new time. Mm-hmm. Flip that dial at 12 o'clock. Until then, please keep listening to all of the great programs on KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane. Have a great day, guys.